0: Know Your Food Podcast, Episode 94. For links and more, visit the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 94. Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Food with Warty. I'm Warty in Southwest Oregon, a traditional food blogger at Traditional Cooking School by Ganalfglins. You can find me at traditionalcookingschool.com and knowyourfoodpodcast.com. I'm so glad you're here. This is the podcast where we're all about embracing whole foods raised, saved, and prepared with traditional methods. It's fun, it's delicious, and it's healthy. You're on your way to looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good. Hi and good morning, everyone. I'm so glad you're joining me today. We had a break for Thanksgiving and I hope your Thanksgiving was blessed. Ours sure was. We had a visit from my husband's family the weekend before and we're currently looking forward to a visit from my parents coming up. So even though we didn't have a family here on the day of Thanksgiving, it sure feels like a season of Thanksgiving where we get to catch up with our loved ones. It's really wonderful. We'll start with the tip of the week And this is something it might be a little bit late for you to get in on but not too late and that is to start an Advent tradition in your home. This week on the blog, and I'm gonna click over to this article, to this blog post, um, Jenny shared how to start a simple Advent wreath tradition and it really just requires three steps. The first one is to make a wreath. And oh, Jenny gives you a beautiful, simple example of just gathering what you have. She says it doesn't even have to be Pinterest worthy. Um, It can be Pinterest worthy if that's your goal, but it doesn't have to be. Just very simple. Just use materials collected at home, like greenery, and just arrange it. And then part of that wreath is to add your candles. Um, Advent is about five weeks, so there's five candles. Sorry, Advent is about four weeks. There's five candles, one for each of the weeks, and then, of course, the last one to symbolize um, Jesus' birth. So you'll need five candles. Uh, Purple, pink, white are great. Traditionally, you'd use three purple candles, one pink and one white. Um, Jenny shared the symbolism of this, like the purple candles symbolizes the color of royalty, and it can be used to symbolize the waiting and anticipation of Christ. Pink symbolizes joy as we're waiting for his arrival, and white is the picture of his sinlessness and our sins being washed white as snow. So, and you don't even have to stress about the color of candles. If you just, um, you might find a set in town, you could order online, or you might just pick out five candles and arrange them with your greenery and then set this wreath out during, um, December throughout the whole season that we celebrate Christmas. And step two is to select your readings. You can select your own or the internet gives you a lot of suggested readings. And right in this post, Jenny gives you readings for, um, each of the weeks of Advent. And then st- step three is to schedule your devotional. So you may want to read some each day as you light a candle. Um, and during week one, you're lighting one candle. During week two, you're lighting weeks one and two candles while you read. So you could do it every day, or you could read the whole portion once a week. Like Jenny talks about how her family, they do the readings on Sunday evenings. And so Advent has already started if you're listening now. It doesn't mean you're too late. You can catch up. It's easy to catch up. Just double up on your readings and start lighting the candles and anticipating Christ's birth. There's a whole write-up on this um, to get more information at knowyourfoodpodcast.com Advent. I hope you make use of it. Um, it's a very sweet, simple way to put the focus back on Christ during Christmas. Okay, let's go to our listener question. This comes from Teresa V. She says, can you ferment things in the same area in your kitchen or should you keep them separate? For example, kombucha, water, kefir, and sourdough starter. Would you ferment all these next to each other in the kitchen or do they need separate areas? Thank you so much for sharing your wealth of knowledge, Teresa. Teresa, this is a great question. I'm going to give you the ideal. The ideal is actually that your um, cultures would be Far apart because they do. Um, We can't see it, but there's probably this cloud of organisms going in and out of the jar and all around, and so they can share. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but if you want a pure culture, keep them separate. The rule is five feet away, but even farther would be great, like another room. That's not possible for all of us, so I don't stress about it. I just keep them on separate counters or at least five feet away. Um, The ones that really tend to share cultures for the worst would be like your sourdough. And if you're doing any kind of cheese, um, or cultured dairy, the sourdough can really mess with the dairy culturing. So that is one where, you know, maybe don't do sourdough, put it in the fridge for a couple days around the time you're doing cheese or or keep that one, you know, as far away as you can. Here's a story, my daughters and I, Um, I had a sourdough starter going for quite a long time and they started getting into sourdough and they wanted to start their own sourdough starters. So they each did. And so we had these three sourdough starters on the counter and theirs were wild caught. And mine was a starter culture that came from Cultures for Health, the New England sourdough starter that I had gotten going and had been using for quite a while. Well, um, so they were different cultures. There were two wild and there was one that had come from New England, so they're sitting there on the counter and they're all going strong independently, but we put them on the counter together. And mine especially took a nove dive and it got stinky and it totally changed. But I'd stuck with it and it eventually bounced back. Um and the girls changed a little bit, but not as severely as mine. But when they when it when it all bounced back, I'm convinced now we had three starter cultures that were virtually the same because they'd done all their exchanging and they had to transition. And they were kind of very similar. So we put them all together at that point. Um, and that's what happened to us. And that might happen with you if you've got starter cultures or, sorry, fermenting things close to each other. They may share. And oftentimes that's okay. Your The purity may be affected, but it might not be detrimental. And if it's like kefir grains, um, water kefir or dairy kefir, It's not necessarily that the mother culture will change, but you might end up with a slightly different end product. Like it might have um, a stronger yeast or stronger bacterial colony um, due to what else is around it. So Teresa, the bottom line is keep them separate if you can. Um, The the, uh, compromise is do the best you can, it'll probably turn out okay. But, you know, keep them keep them as far apart as you can. I hope that was helpful, Teresa. And feel free to visit the show notes at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 94 if you want to ask anything else or add any comments. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here and then I'll be right back. Hi, I'm Wardy, a traditional cooking expert and food blogger at Ganalfglins.com. For years, my family struggled with food-related health problems, but we don't anymore, and I'd love to show you that preparing whole foods with traditional methods is easy, delicious, and super good for you, too. So just go to traditionalcookingschool.com free, and I'll show you how easily you can do it, too. I'll give you five free videos that include my favorite traditional cooking techniques, plus printable at-a-glance fact sheets as a handy reference. So if you're ready to start looking good, feeling good, and most importantly, doing good, then visit traditionalcookingschool.com/free today. Everyone, I'm thrilled to introduce you again to Lydia Shatney, a nutritional therapist. She was a guest back in episode number 36. Definitely listen to that because she's very experienced with gut healing, gave us some great tips to help um, with digestion. And so you can find that at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 36. Let me tell you about Lydia. Now, she's a single mom of four boys, and she's on a mission to share her passion for whole, healthy, real foods with the whole world. She lives life one day at a time from the inside out and believes that health is a choice, a right, and a gift we can't take for granted. She is a certified nutritional therapist practitioner, and she offers specialized step-by-step consultations to transform your health with the use of hair tissue mineral analysis and she can help you create an individualized nutritional protocol. She really does a lot of great work with people all over the world and so I've invited her here today to talk about this new thing that she's adding to her practice which is the hair tissue mineral analysis. I didn't know a lot about it. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but it's really wonderful to talk to Lydia today about what's happening, what it can tell us, and how really specialized you can get with your own nutritional protocol when you know um, what's really happening in your body. And the hair analysis gives you a really good glimpse into what is going on in your body. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I want to refer you to the show notes for links and more, com slash 94. And um, if you're interested in working with Lydia You can check out her health consultation page at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash Lydia Health Consult, where Lydia Health Consult is one word. Okay, so I'm going to switch now to my visit with Lydia.
1: Hey everyone, this is Wardy and I'm here with my friend Lydia Shatney. We've heard from her before. Hi Lydia. Hi Wardy. Thanks so much for joining me again. I'm excited to talk to you about this new thing you're doing with your health consultations, and that is hair analysis. Before we get into that, though, although you've been a guest before, I just want everybody to get to know you kind of fresh, just in case they haven't heard from you on our previous um, visits with gut healing. So sure. just give us a, a quick introduction to who you are and what you do.
2: Sure. My name Lydia Shatney. I'm a nutritional therapist. I am also a single mother with four boys. Yes, that was true. (laughs) Four boys. I still marvel myself. Uh, I've been uh, blogging at my website divinehealthfromtheinsideout.com for quite a while, but I didn't really use it uh, for my business until about June of 2012 after I graduated from the Nutritional Therapy Association. And, uh, so I've been working with clients, uh, distance clients that come through my website who've, you know, they've learned some things or they have some health issues and they want more more help. And that's usually how I get, uh, people in to get help. And it's been great. Um, and just recently started up with the hair analysis, which has really helped, um, a lot more you know, with clarity and direction for people. Uh, I think people really like that tangible tangible test, but I know we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, and I've done some online courses before. Maybe you've heard of the Heal Your Gut course, uh, mm-hmm. which is now we're taking a little break from that. <laughs> um, so, yeah.
1: Cool. Well, I just want to let everybody know, um, Lydia and I did talk about, um, heal your gut that she, she teaches online and just really easy principles for anyone who's having gut issues. She gives some great tips and that episode is knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 36. So when you're done listening today, you can go check that out too. So Lydia, let's do talk about the hair analysis. I have heard of it. I know like almost nothing about it other than it's very revealing <laughs> so let's just, I'm a total newbie and let's just assume everybody's a total newbie and just give us the, sure. the basics, like, you know, what is it? And I also want you to tell us how you got into it, like how how your practice, um, what kind of sure. needs you saw and why hair analysis sort of was the answer to taking things further for your clients.
2: Sure, yeah. Okay, well, let's start with that part, The how I got into it. Uh, I actually have been wanting to do hair analysis consultations for a while now, and I just, you know, with the way my work schedule had been, I didn't have time to really train for it uh, until this summer. Uh, so at the beginning of the year, I was talking with another practitioner who works directly with uh, Dr. Wilson, who's well-known for teaching people how to do this process, actually. Uh, Mm -hmm. Lawrence Wilson, he's um, been doing this for quite some time, and she trained directly with him. She's also a nutritional therapist, and so we went back and forth and talked and uh, were potentially going to work together, but I think she got busy, I got busy, Um, but she did a guest post for me back in the beginning of the year, and it was kind of on the back burner for a while. This summer, I had some clients who really just had a little bit more deeper issues that we were finding that we needed more answers. And since I don't really do testing, uh, I was having to help them find someone near them, and you know it was getting a little tricky. So I uh, reached out to another practitioner who was already doing hair analysis and I began to kind of mentor with her as well as train and learn how to do the process myself and i found that it is extremely helpful in giving a lot more direction for clients especially when people are having you know issues that just diet alone isn't helping basic supplementation mm-hmm. alone isn't helping and there's a lot of frustration with that so the hair analysis is actually a wonderful screening test uh it's a very it's a it's a diagnostic tool and it helps us you know look deeper into the body within like about a three-month window of time, and we're just taking, you know, a sample of the hair as a tissue mineral biopsy. Um, So this method of testing has been used for quite a while to screen for the level of minerals in the body, about 20, sometimes 21 minerals, it depends on the lab, and then also toxic metals in the sample of your hair. And the really nice thing is it's, Totally non-invasive. You don't need to get a doctor to order this test for you. Uh, And it's pretty, it's very reasonably affordable, I I find. And um, it helps us to assess and monitor and really guide the correction improvement of one's body chemistry. Really, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like you can deeply root out health issues without knowing what your unique biochemistry is at this time. So you and I both know that there are lots of great healthy diets, uh, you know, there's, you know, the whole NT way, there's paleo, there's gaps, there's all these great dietary templates out there. And they all have some really great principles. And we can, we can learn how to do better with, you know, what we're eating. But the problem is, is if we're coming off of, you know, being raised on processed foods, and our biochemistry is already kind of imbalanced and a mess. Um diet alone isn't going to correct that. We can certainly improve our health and we can certainly feel better, reduce inflammation, but if we're not you know sure of what's going on underneath, you know, we can't really we can't really get to the root of some things. So this assessment is super helpful in that, you know, it provides a window into the entire inner workings of the body it gives us accurate insights into how to balance the health through a specific nutritional protocol for the individual right now. And, so can you um, give us some
1: examples of um like I'm asking because I'm I'm getting what you're saying like this big picture but um sure. just like an example of what it might show and how you could
2: um address it? Sure. Well, there's, uh, obviously there's different individual minerals, uh, but there's also mineral ratios that are looked at to kind of understand uh, different systems of the body. Uh, There's also the ability to kind of find out what one's metabolic pattern is currently. Uh, Basically, that means what their oxidation rate is. In other words, how they're burning the food they're eating, like how they're burning their fuel. Maybe you've heard of metabolic typing. I'm not sure. But um, depending on where your body's at will depend on what types of foods you need to focus on. So that's one thing. Um, So like, for example, someone like me, and I'm a slow oxidizer because, you know, I'm a little bit of a burned out single mom over here. So I need to eat fuel that feeds me up a little. So I have to eat a little bit more carbohydrate and a little less fat, things like that. Um, Someone who's a little Mm -hmm. bit more uh, of a faster oxidizer, and that would be your person who's like, go, 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 they need foods to help slow them down. So we can determine kind of a better dietary template for the individual based on that fact, then we can look at these mineral ratios and some of the key ones are let's say the um I'll just give you the adrenal one for example well actually there's sure. a couple that can tell us more about our adrenals but the um the sodium to magnesium ratio mm-hmm. can tell us kind of whether we're in adrenal fatigue or if we're in an acute stress situation uh and since I have focused on adrenal fatigue for some time, I find this test to be super helpful to get people to see more clearly where they're at with that. And, uh, it's really nice because, you know, a lot of people are guessing and -hmm. you can, it can be safe to assume, yeah, I've got adrenal fatigue, but until you really know those mineral ratios and mineral balances, you won't know how to help yourself get out of it fully. So, Uh, We can determine, you know, where you're at, whether you're just kind of a little fatigued or whether you're hyper, you know, you're you're hyperadrenal or if you're in total burnout. Um, So that's one really important thing. Another thing we can determine is kind of where you're at when it comes to your thyroid health. And I know that's a big thing, especially for women and moms, um, with, you know, being very concerned about what's going on with their thyroid. And... There's a certain ratio in the hair analysis that tells us whether your thyroid is sluggish or whether it's hyper, and usually that's that's very uncommon to see a hyperthyroid case.
1: Mm-hmm. You see
2: that in kids, but not typically in, in, in women, especially women with who've had children. But um, it doesn't tell us necessarily if your body's producing thyroid hormones, adequate thyroid hormones, but it can tell us whether your cells are are, are actually receiving them or not, So, and hmm. whether the gland itself is just under-functioning. Um, and then there's some other key impressions we can kind of find out a little bit more about, you know, the person's thyroid health, but um, it's nice because I think a lot of people look at thyroid health and they worry about the hormones and whether they're making them or not, but really, that's kind of the backwards way to look at it. You want to see, you know, what your thyroid gland is doing function-wise before, you know, you worry about whether or not you have are producing adequate hormones. That's not that it's not important. It's just that oftentimes you'll go in and you'll they'll see your hormone levels maybe aren't quite right and then you'll probably get the prescribed, you know, hormones. Um, right. And that may not be the best, plan of attack, but I don't want to get into that because I, that's a huge can of worms. But um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: another ratio is, it's called the blood sugar ratio. And the cool thing about that is, is we can kind of see, you know, whether someone's kind of struggling with hypoglycemia. And, you know, what's interesting is I have a lot of clients come to me and they have no idea they have hypoglycemia. Um, you know, they they don't even have a clue. They just, they they think something's wrong with them but they're not sure what and and they usually can say hey i think you need to pay more attention to your blood sugar management here because it seems like you're hypoglycemic and they would have never thought it so actually seeing it on you know the hair test you know kind of where you're at with whether you're more towards a hypoglycemic state or more towards a diabetic state which i actually just had a client uh, hair analysis come in and it was an extremely high ratio. And I, and it's, you know, I had actually kind of assumed based on her first, uh, consult with me that, you know, we were looking at possible leading towards diabetic state there. So we're able to look at that. And now we can, if we need to, we can go and get her, you know, to her doctor and get some more testing done Uh, But some people may not even think, hey, I might have diabetes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I'm not saying she definitely does. I'm just saying that we can see what her cells are doing and where her body's at and say, oh, this is a a concern and we need to look into this. And then, of course, you know, help her with her diet and help her with her supplements and bring the body more into uh, what we call homeostasis, which is... Basically balance. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, those are just some some of the things that we can look at. There's a lot more, but those are three of the big ones that I find I see a lot, and, and was already working with people on. And now we can just have a little bit more direction on those fronts. So it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I think it's just amazing. I mean, from what you're the examples you're giving, it sounds to me like. Somebody could have some testing or feel not well and be doing some special diet things, but the hair analysis gives you really specific information about the person and how they're using their fuel and their mineral ratios, and so you can really tailor the treatment, like just get more specific, more targeted with how to treat them. And then maybe also see, well, we need to do some more testing on this or this.
2: Right, right. And it's really an excellent starting point. Um, I mean, there's a lot I could do with people before this because a lot of people are, you know, they're not even just drinking enough water, you know, getting enough sleep, like basic things. But then I get people who are doing a lot of these things right and they're still getting stuck. So it's a really good starting point. And one thing I do want to say is with hair analysis, it's best to retest. And some people, you know, maybe a year or two of this can really do a lot of good. Uh, Some people may need to do it longer just depending on how deep their health issues are. And some people are choosing to just keep going with this for life because, quite frankly, you know, I mean, it's a lifestyle essentially to keep trying to. To stay balanced. Um, right, definitely. So it's, it's recommended to retest every three to four months for someone who's a slow oxidizer and for someone who starts out as a fast oxidizer, they need to test after two months. And sometimes they slow down, so they're not doing it hopefully every two months. But the reason why we retest is because if you have changes in your biochemistry, we need to adjust the protocol. You know, we may need and- to... Adjust the supplements, we may need to do a little deeper right. you know, uh um, maybe at that time toxic metals are actually starting to come out of the body, and the person may need a little additional support, uh things like that, so it's a nice so, way to go about so just, it, you know,
1: uh-huh, so just to connect this dot these dots, what is it about the hair that allows you? To see these things about the body's biochemistry, I mean, the hair captures it. Does the hair have to be, you know, uh, certain lengths? or I mean, wh- how
2: exactly does that work? Sure. Um, so, uh, the hair. Okay, I'll just kind of go over what it, what the hair tissue is. It's, it's again, like I said, it's a screening test, and it, it tells mm-hmm. us what you know, minerals, metals. Um, it basically. The hair is a tissue, and it's a great... It makes an excellent biopsy material to reveal these things, to reveal the body's mineral metabolism. And since it grows, you know, it changes through time. So, the, you know, it's showing up in the hair. The hair um, contains minerals that are deposited as it grows, essentially. Uh, even though the hair is not technically alive, the minerals remain as the hair continues to grow, um, And they're locked inside the hair during the growth stage. As the body uses it for the storage and elimination of minerals. And so is it
1: like the growth rings of a tree, in a way that you can <laughs> go back and? Were you about to say this, <laughs> or am I just really naive?
2: <laughs> no, I never. Th- I no, I never thought of it that way. But it could. You could kind of. You could kind of look at it like that, I suppose. Um. Uh. So, a hair so it it reflects long-term metabolic activity um because it kind of measures an average of mineral accumulation over a 3 month period of time. Which is why we su- would suggest, you know, the repeat uh
1: mm-hmm.
2: testing. Because as things change and improve, um hopefully they're improving, right? Or get um, worse. I know, well, some people do get worse if they're not, you know, if they're not following uh it the, you know, their supplement plan or if they're, you know, if they're not getting enough sleep or life is extremely stressful, you know, there are some things that some people it really takes seeing this stuff, you know, before they're like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, okay, I get it. You're right. I need to slow down. I need to change my lifestyle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, you know, typically we would want to see some improvements, Um but, you know, a retest, it's really just kind of a shifting pattern. So it's, we can't say for sure, hey, you're getting 100% better. You know, it's really just to readjust and, you know, make sure we're giving you the right nutrients for where you're at. Um, and then really it takes a couple of tests to see great leaps and huge improvements. However, that said, you know, if someone's starting to feel better, Obviously, they know it's it's working. Um, and some people start to feel better relatively quickly uh, mm-hmm. on these plans. So I hope that kind of helps you understand a little yeah, better. it does. Yeah.
1: I mean, one thing that I've wondered, I mean, I don't know a lot about this, but I just know a little bit. But, like, let's say, for instance, a man <laughs> who keeps his hair fairly short, you know, even all over. (laughs) So, you know, how, how do you get a good picture?
2: Well, let's go back to, you had asked about the the length of the hair and that kind of thing. Um, So typically you need about an inch of hair close to the scalp, uh, if possible, inch to an inch and a half. If if you cut the sample too long, that's not good because we don't want the, we don't we don't want the results from the longer hair. We want it to keep it really close. because um, that's you know, what the Closer body the is most recently so what, excreting. Yes, okay. Right. Right. So, um and it's typically swear on the body or does it need to be on the head? It can be anywhere. The head is the best, um, but you can use other body hair. Um okay. so yeah, that is an option. Um and I did have someone whose husband is actually bald you know want to do one and I said oh yeah you can do this but there are you know when we use different hair we have to know for sure and it has to be there's specifics for that but there's instructions so you know I nobody see. needs to worry about that but um you know even babies and little children can do this I had all my kids done of course they're a little older but um you know some people will say well Can babies do this? Can kids do this? Oh, absolutely. In fact, it's fantastic. You can do this Mm. when you're pregnant. You can do this when you're nursing. You you don't have to wait till some certain point of your life. You can do this test at any time. Um, And then another common question people ask is, uh, women are very concerned about how much hair. (laughs) They don't want to lose their hair, especially thyroid women who are already losing their hair. Um, Mm. It's not a lot of hair and it's about like let's say you, a heaping tablespoonful mhm and so you don't have to take it all in one spot you can take you know little
1: mm-hmm. bits
2: around the kind of the nape of your neck um so uh you know it's it's worth it you know i know some women struggle with i don't want to lose any more hair um mm-hmm. But you you can, a lot of women go to their hairdresser and have them cut the hair for them so that they can do it, you know, in a way that it's... Balanced. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And then the other thing is, is uh, you, people ask, well, what about hair dye? What if my hair is permed? You know, that kind oh, of thing. Yeah. So, um, and I had no idea how many people dyed their hair. So, cause that's very common. <laughs> I guess I just don't even think about it, but you can wait four to six weeks from your last hair treatment, whether it's perm, bleaching, whatever it may be, four to six weeks or 10 washings, and um, then take your hair sample, and you should be good to go. So that's, cool. that's a very common question that comes up. and uh, But, you know, it's very important when you get the hair test kit to read the instructions very carefully. It's You know, you want to make sure you're taking the sample properly. The lab isn't going to say, well, you didn't do it right. They're just going to take the hair and test it. So, you know, um, it's really Mm -hmm. up to the individual to make sure they're reading the instructions and doing it properly. And
1: and
2: get the best, Yeah, best results. So
1: I'm assuming people, if they're already seeing a practitioner, they could contact their practitioner and say, I'm interested in hair analysis. So let's just assume that that's an option. But let's also just assume that... um, that you are that practitioner. And I want everybody to know you can check out um, Lydia's Health Consultation Services at this link, knowyourfoodpodcast.com/slash Lydia Health Consult, all one word. Um, so walk us through the steps, Lydia, someone selected you for hair analysis or for overall health consult, um, how it would work, like the process of testing and the analysis and kind of how that works with you.
2: Sure. So they would sign up, and as soon as I get the, their email, I sent, I pop their test in the mail. Within you know 24 hours, it goes out, and you know where depending on where they are in the world, you know it takes a couple of days to get there. As soon as they get the test, they can review the instructions, take their sample right away. Some people do it right away. Some people you know wait until they can get a hair appointment or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: send it back to the lab. And then it can take about two weeks, at about once it's sent in. Um, I'm finding that I'm getting them back around 10 days. And then once I get them back, I send you the lab report, just so you can look at it because I know people are always eager. Um, yeah. And then, of course, I'm going to say don't do anything with this. Don't worry about anything. Just look at it. It's interesting. We'll talk. And then I work on my report and, and you know, schedule uh, a consult with the individual, and it's about an hour. Sometimes it can take us a little longer depending on how much we have to go over, um, but I'll write up a thorough report about the test, the the ratios, kind of what's going on in their body and what things they need to consider. So they're, they're going to get, you know, number one, they're going to get a big picture into what their health is going on right now. Number two, they're going to get specific plan of action not just food, but like, hey, your lifestyle, you know, you need to slow mm-hmm. down. How's your sleep? You know, um, so it's pretty much everything I was doing before, but with more direction based on this test. And we'll talk about diet specific to your metabolic rate at the t- or metabolic type at the time, um, you know, and that's something most people aren't familiar with. And it's a little bit like, oh, my word. Okay. But as soon as you kind of realize why and start to implement. Um, takes, it takes people a couple of weeks to kind of gain momentum with this, uh, implement the supplements. You know, I don't recommend people go and get all the supplements and start them right away. I definitely take them through a slow forward motion process with that um, just to make sure each one is, you know, working for them and they're feeling okay on it. And, you know, I've seen people try to take, five new supplements all at once and then they feel gross, you know, so I, and then I try to avoid that. It? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So we want to make sure each thing is working well for you. And so we go low and slow with that. And so you get a game plan. It's extremely thorough. Um, and then I also offer follow-up calls in case people get stuck within the three-month period. Um, I always want people to email me if, you know, they have a question about the game plan and then I'm also offering a Facebook support group too. Some people like to just constantly be able to be in touch and yeah. hear other people that are going through it. So I have different options, you know. Uh I want people to have the support they need as they go through this because the last thing I want someone to do is, you know, go through all the trouble, get the report and then get frustrated and give up. Um right. that's my least favorite thing. I don't I don't I don't like to see that. Um but so I want people to feel fully supported, and so there's a couple of, you know, additional options there if they need it. And, uh, you know, some people end up, you know, having their kids do it after they do it. And so the Facebook group is nice, especially for someone who's doing, you know, more than one family member, because uh, that is is tough to juggle, for sure. So I think
1: that's great that you support people on their journey in the and in the different ways they may need to help, because... It's so true. You don't want somebody to put out all the effort to test and, and then just lose steam, not know how to implement, or get frustrated or so it's it's fabulous what you're providing, Lydia. Yeah, so I um, I enjoy it. Yeah. Okay, well, we are out of time. It went really fast. And here I was at the (laughs) beginning thinking, I don't know anything about hair analysis. (laughs) Not sure what to ask, but Lydia, you did a great job filling in all the blanks, and we're all very well educated. And I'll speak for myself very intrigued about this. Very curious. I I feel like getting everyone in my family tested. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) See what comes up. It's cool. Thank you for your time.
2: Yeah, no problem. I appreciate it.
1: Okay, so we're going to wrap up. But Lydia, um, okay, first of all, let me just remind everyone again. You can check Lydia's um, consultation package out at knowyourfoodpodcast dot com slash lydiahealthconsult. And then, Lydia, why don't we wrap up with you just telling everybody? Um, I don't know, one one last tip or advice, or just wrap up kind of a summation of everything we've talked
2: about today. Okay. Oh, a summation. Hmm. Um well I'll give you how about I give you a quick tip? Cause the summation seems longer. Yeah. Um <laughs> I actually great. I just the other day I was I posted um on my Facebook page, cause I this kinda comes up again and again and again. People get so worried about what should I do to get healthy and they worry about all the eighty different pieces that there could possibly be of putting it all together and I and I just uh, want to to kind of encourage people that um, one of the biggest things that they can really focus on is uh, kind of general uh, stress management. So, you know, se- severe stress and worry and anxiety can inhibit any dietary or supplement program. It doesn't matter what one it is. Um, yeah. So if you don't know what to do to get healthy right now, and and this sounds good to you but you're not quite sure yet, today walk away from this with, you know, the the mindset of nurture yourself and and really focus on managing your stress by nurturing yourself. It's okay to rest more. Another thing I find, especially for busy moms, they don't eat enough sometimes. You just eat enough, even if if it's not the quote-unquote right food, you know, because I think we all worry sometimes, am I eating the right food? And you know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. so eat plenty of food and make sure you're getting plenty of sleep and you have time for relaxation and that life is, can be slowed down some rather than that go, 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 go pace and just really love yourself and nurture yourself. And that alone is huge, um, for many people. And that's a big portion of, you know, your health journey and healing and, and everything like that. So I leave you with that.
1: (laughs) Yes, great advice. Actually, I have done that myself. I found myself in a burned out position about, oh, two years ago. And I've been intentional about getting a good night's sleep, napping when I need it, exercising, reading, and just not not keeping the same like breakneck pace because Mm -hmm. it takes its toll. And your whole life, Improves Your health improves, but your life, I mean, even your relationships and how mm-hmm. you react to obstacles and hardships, it all improves when you have downtime and you, um, you know, de-stress in whatever way you need to do that.
2: So definitely. Great advice. definitely. advice. Yep.
0: yep.
1: Well, thank you so much, Lydia, for your time. It's sure. just been a pleasure.
2: Sure, and thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope to see you again soon. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode. Just go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash and then without a space, just type the number of this episode. You'll get links and much more information about what we've been talking about. You can submit questions for future episodes. I love to answer your questions on the air. So go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash questions to submit them. You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Warty while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. While you're there, please do leave a rating or review. I love to get them love to read your comments, and they're invaluable to help other people find this podcast. Thank you so much.